tremendous. And uh, my message today is DoorDash no more. And some of you don't even know what DoorDash is. You think it's people playing games, dashing from one door to the other. DoorDash is a food delivery system. It's an online, you order your food, and it's delivered to your front door, and you give the individual a tip for being so prompt and give, bringing you hot food. It's called DoorDash. It's, it really got strong during COVID, and it's still going on. The younger generation really gets excited about it. And so uh, the message today is entitled DoorDash No More. And uh, you'll find out a little bit later in the message. But for a little bit of humor, uh, of course, if it's DoorDash, it's all about food, right? Young lady said, man, you know, I really had a rough day yesterday. She said, I burned 2,000 calories in 20 minutes. So what in the world type of workout did you do? Oh, I didn't do a workout. I just burnt my brownies. <laughs> What's better, what is better than a good friend? What is better than a good friend? A good friend with chocolate. <laughs> Am I right? No chocolate. No chocolate. Well, some of you are just, you know. Some of us are weird. The finer things of life you've missed out on. <laughs> this is the final one here for you that are doing vegetable gardens and getting ready for that. Why should you not tell a secret in a vegetable garden. Because potatoes have ears. No, eyes. Potatoes have eyes. And corn has ears. Just think of it. So it's here and seen all the way through. I just checked to make sure you guys were awake. And you are. Congratulations. Knowing God, loving people, hope revealed. That is our message. That is our determination. That's what we desire to do is to know God better. And to be involved in what God is doing in loving people. God is involved in loving people. Did you know that? God is involved in loving people. And then in turn, we don't just love people, but we give them hope and get them to have, see that hope revealed through the Word of God through our lives. And our lives is the living Word of God. Amen. So people can read your life. And can they read the Word in your life? It's very important. Joshua chapter 5 says, Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until we had crossed over, their hearts melted with fear. Their hearts, fear melted their hearts. And they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. Wow. Can you imagine? I still think about the Jordan and how that it was in flood stage at this time of year and how that God pushed that water back and people walked across there on dry land. Yep. It's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And when they came out of the water, came out of the dry water bed. The water scrolled right back in. And so it caused the nations to fear God and have a, a direct response to what was going on in their life. Their hearts melted with fear. There was anxiety. And, and do we honor God? 
do we give God any reverence, any reverence and any, any honor, any awe? When we read these stories and we see what's taking place and how that they built a memorial to remind their children of the blessings of God, bringing them across. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gilbath Haran. Now, now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age died in the desert on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the desert during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the desert 40 years until all the men who were military age, uh, when they left Egypt, had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. Is obedience important? Absolutely important. I, I look at this scripture verse. They, they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land that he had solemnly promised their fathers to give us. A land flowing with milk and honey. Oh, I don't know about you, but I like honey. It's sticky and gooey, and I like honey. And it, why in the world, why in the world did God say, no, you can't go? It was simple. They murmured and they complained against God. And God said, you're not going. You're not going. Because you don't give me praise. You don't give me glory. Do you understand how important it is to give God respect, to give him reverence, and to give him praise, and to give him glory? It's all about singing unto the Lord. It doesn't say that you have to sing in perfect pitch or perfect tune. As a kid growing up, I was around a piano that was not tuned properly. <laughs> so therefore, when I went to Bible college and I tried to do some music stuff, I went into severe training <laughs> to get my pitch somewhat better. It was difficult. Because when you're around untuned pianos, it messes with the pitch. And your natural pitch is messed up. And so, God wants us to praise him from our heart. You say, but boy, my, my voice just is just rotten. Then give him a praise with your hands. Yes. Give him praise. Because we find a group of people who, who murmured and complained. Oh, you brought us out here in the desert to die. What you say is what you get. God said, because you've murmured and complained, because you have not given me the praise, because you haven't focused upon me, you've focused on yourself and your own needs, you're not going to the promise. Yes, I promise that you're going, but you know what? You disobeyed. 
God always has a balance system that of obedience gets blessings. Obedience gets blessings. And so they murmured and complained, and they were not permitted to go in to the land of milk and honey. It is amazing the lackadaisical attitude lackadaisical attitude that we read here. So he raised up their sons in their place and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way and after the whole nation had been circumcised they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. We must deal with the past. We must deal with the past. The scriptures I've just shared with you are scriptures of the past. And when I read this, I've got to tell you something. I'm plumb aggravated at sin, the devil, and lazy Christians. They had everything going for them. But they chose to be selfish. They chose to be have their mind on themselves rather than on God. And God punished them. But look what they did. It's bad enough to sin yourself. But guess what? We never sin alone. Our sin never affects just us. But here's their children who could have been living in, in, a, in a great situation were stuck out in the wilderness for 40 years. They, they, they were brought up in the wilderness in the 40 years. What's that mean? That means they walked around the mountain for 40 years. They existed for 40 years. And, and, I, and I wondered why, you know, if God was so upset with him, why didn't he just smolt him? Why didn't he just kill him? Get it over with. Why wait 40 years? Because that was their punishment. They realized they could have had something very good, but they weren't going to get it. But it's one thing to do personal sin. It's one thing to, to be a, a, a sinner and, and don't, don't care about anything. Well, it's another thing to raise your kids yeah. without giving them the privilege of finding Jesus. Yeah. And what it tells me here is, is that for 40 years, these kids were born and raised, and on the eighth day of life, they were to be circumcised, but these folks were so lazy in their relationship with God that they would not respond to God in obedience to do the simple thing of circumcising their child. So here they are, grown men, going into battle, but God said, no, 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 hold on. We've got, we've got to get this covenant thing figured out here. Because you see, God made a covenant with man. You be circumcised as a reminder of who I am in a covenant that I am a God who cares for you, I'm a God who loves you, I'm a God who wants to bring prosperity to you, but you have to obey me. If you will do what I've told you to do, I will bless you. 
the greatest thing in all the world is to go to work every day and walk home Friday with a paycheck. Those are wonderful experiences. But you know what? There's some people that don't understand getting up. There's other people that understand getting up, but they go to work and they sabotage the workplace and make things rough for everybody because of their rotten attitude. The past is difficult to deal with. But we have to take time to deal with it. We have to understand what is going on with the flesh. And the flesh is ugly. The flesh will take you where you don't want to be. The flesh will cause you to do things you don't want to do. And it's important that we recognize that God is greater than our flesh. And if we yield to God, he will put the flesh under control. And we declare that Jesus is greater than our flesh. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and, and verse 13. I love chapter 8. It's a wonderful chapter. 13. For if you live in according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. You put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, honoring our Heavenly Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, then we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. We'll have to go through times of suffering. That's part of life. That is part of living. Is going to, but we will also share in times of glory. Dealing with the past was not easy, but it was needful. It was very needful. It was, a, it was in a place where there needed to be a time of, of interaction. There needed to be a time of, of, of direction. There needed to be peace. There needed to be comfort. And to know that the peace of God, the past, all understanding, would rule and reign. And it's just so neat to see what God does. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 11 in him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hand of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. Circumcision done by Christ, having been bruised with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. Cutting off the old man, cutting off the old sin in our hearts, Realizing that water baptism is a symbol of separating ourselves from the things of this world and being resurrected into the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through faith in the power of God. And so there's this declaration that the past has to be dealt with. And God wanted a covenant people. He didn't want the people going into war without having the covenant secured. You see, the covenant is a sign of obedience. God's people had a promise. And there was preparedness to go in to receive the promise. 
And they had to have that covenant relationship with God renewed. And that God would be superior to anything else. And so they went through this opportunity. The land of milk and honey. Cows, goats, sheep. Milk comes from them. The beautiful landscape of good grass and flowers. Bees go out and collect nectar from the, from the flowers and make honey. And so God is saying the land is fertile. The land is what you're going to live off of. You're going to grow vegetables. You're going to have cows. You're going to have milk. You're going to have cheese. And later on in life, you're going to have ice cream. <laughs> yes. Milk and honey. I mean, that is awesome. But they had to stop and be circumcised. But let's go and take the land. Let's go in and, and, and fight the battle. Let's get after it. No, no. You need to stop and, and we need to have a spiritual experience before we win the battle with God and for God. If you're going to battle the devil, you need to be some time with God. And spending time with God is going to help you fight the battle of the devil and your carnal flesh. Spending time with God in the morning is going to help you fight the carnal flesh during the day. Spending time with God in the morning is going to help you fight the demonic forces that come at you. Because this world is demonic. Hey, Pastor, you sound so negative. No, it's, it's, it's in the Word. It says that, that Satan is the prince of the air, this is his world. This is not our world. Our world is in heaven. Amen. We're marching on. Yes. This is for a moment. Yes. We're, in, we're in rehearsal time. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean we're in rehearsal time? I'm telling you, if you can't praise God on Sunday morning with this great worship band up here playing music and you can't raise your hand and you can't shout glory and you can't lift a voice, even if it's out of tune, if you can't sing and worship... Guess what? You won't have to worry about hearing angels in heaven. Because this is rehearsal. If you praise God here today, you will be praising God in heaven. You choose not to praise God, guess what? You can walk in the wilderness for 40 years. It, it, it's just that simple. They had to deal with the past. 40 years. Forty years. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today, I, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal on this day. On the evening of the fourteenth day of the month, while camped at Gilgal, on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land. Oh, gardeners, it's coming on. It's coming on. Taters are in the ground. Tomato plants are being purchased. Okay, so they, they, they ate from the produce of the land. Unleavened bread and roasted grain. They had a corn roast. I don't know why they just don't say it the way it is. They had a corn roast. Have you ever been to a corn roast? Anybody here? Anybody? 
one person. Unbelievable. You are missing an opportunity of a lifetime. What is a corn roast? You know, it's not putting your footsies on the fire until you burn the corn off the corner of your foot. That's not the corn I'm talking about. I'm talking about that corn, of ear of corn that comes off the stalk in the garden and you leave the husk on it and you take, take a little bit of the husk off the outside but then you lay it on some wet burlap sacks and you lay it on top of the fire and you let the steam come through that and you cook all my land. <laughs> And then you get that butter, and you smear butter on that corn, a little salt and pepper. You have an eight to you've ate corn roast. And I am so sad. I think maybe the men's group ought to do a corn roast. Just, just saying. Just saying. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, the unleavened bread, and roasted grain. The manna stopped. DoorDash no more. <laughs> door dash no more I'll guarantee you there's not a sermon on the face of the earth that's called door dash no more you're so fortunate to be here today the manna stopped the manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land there was no longer any manna for the Israelites but that year they ate the produce of Canaan can you imagine manna a flake, a wafer flake that was like dew that laid on the grass. And God provided manna for them in the wilderness. And you could pick it up every day. But some wise guys picked up more than what they needed. And what happened to it? It got moldy and it got maggots in it. Yuck! But they would make different things with that manna. And so they were very used to murmuring and complaining. And so what did they do? They murmured and they complained. The, the uniqueness about this manna is that on the sixth day, they could pick up twice as much as they needed because the Sabbath you didn't work. You didn't pick up manna on the Sabbath. Now, how did God know on the sixth day he had to put vitamin C into that to preserve it? Some of you didn't know that's what's in some of your preservatives is vitamin C, sorbic acid. But God, in his magnificent wisdom, put preservative in that so they could keep it overnight. And on the Sabbath, they still had something to eat. But it wasn't rancid. It stayed fresh. That's our God. Even though he was upset with them, he still provided for them. We must deal with the past, but we must also trust for the present. Trusting God for the present. We're living in a society right now that is messed up. I mean, totally messed up. We call good, bad, bad, good. The nation stopped eating the manna, and they began eating the food that God had provided through vegetables. 
There is a place for the miraculous. There is a place. But God never wastes miracles. If we do the possible, if we do the planting of the seed, if we do the harvest of the food, if we do our part, and we do what's possible, guess what's left? The impossible. And that's what our God does. So we can do the possible. God will do the impossible. So the women did the baking of the unleavened bread and Passover. The, the nation remembered God. How God had redeemed the land of Egypt. Redeemed them from that land of Egypt. Brought them out. Miraculously bringing them out. And when they came out of Egypt, they didn't come out empty-handed. People wanted them to leave so bad, they said, we'll give you our treasures. And they loaded them up and said, get on out of here. You know, because the firstborn of everything had died. It was a horrible night in Egypt when they were leaving. And so they were celebrating the Passover. You see, it, it's so important that we take time to remember who God is. It's important that every morning we take time to read the Word. Because when we choose not to do the simple things of our part of reading the Word, we're saying that we're smarter than God. When we choose not to spend time in God's presence, when we choose not to read the word, we're saying that we're smarter than God. And so we must trust God for the present. We must trust God for what is going on in this present time. So the women did what they could do. They baked unleavened bread for the Passover. And the nation remembered God. Unleavened bread. No yeast in the bread. Yeast is a phenomenal thing. But throughout Scripture, yeast, a lot of the times, is referred to sin. And, and, and how it means is that a little bit of yeast, it takes very little yeast compared to a measure of flour in order to make bread. And, and there's nothing like the smell of homemade bread that has yeast in it. It is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And our God is a God who cares for us. But he also wants us to remind ourselves that he's God. And so the Passover was a time of unleavened bread. It was bread that was just flour and water, basically. And uh, very, very little flavor to it. But we must trust God for the present. We must recognize that he has everything in control. The manna stopped the day after. They ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But that year, they ate the produce of Canaan. They were eating good. I've uh, been on a Mediterranean diet for probably a year and a half, two years now. And one of my doctors said, uh, you know, rather than seeing you in a year from now, I'd like to see you in six months. That let me know she was looking for something. So I thought, I need to take care of this. So I backed off on what I was eating, how I was eating, even started walking some. And I went back in six months she walked in, I, I knew it was, I was in good shape. 
she looked at me and she said, I can't believe you did it. I says, well, you know, it's just you told me what, you know, that you wanted to see me in six months and I read between the lines that something was going on and I need to figure out what it was and I put two and two together so I've lost some weight and did a little exercise and got things going in the right direction. I says, how many of your patients uh, follow what you say? She just shook her head. She said, I give patients a whole lot more information than I gave you. She said 98% of them who hear what they need to do, don't do it. God has a plan and a purpose. And he is about to send his son Jesus the rapture of the church. Are we concerned about souls being saved? Are we concerned about keeping our heart right with God that we'll make the rapture? Are we concerned to, to understand the scriptures and allow them to speak to our hearts and to realize that the manna stopped and, and the real food came on and they begin to eat great food? They was having great vegetables. They were having a great time. Because God was providing for them in the land of milk and honey. We must submit for the future. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us? or for our enemies. Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Plans for the future. Joshua met this individual. And, it's, and, the, and the statement is that, that he falls down and he worships. He sees a man. And this man says that uh, the army of the Lord. And he falls face down. And worships him. It's not an angel. It's not an angel. It's not an angel. Because he falls down and worships me. If it had been an angel, it would, the angel would have said, Do not worship me. I'm an angel. Because angels sent from God always give God the praise and give God the glory. It's, it would behoove us to recognize that if angels can praise God and give Him glory, we have a greater intellect than they. We need to give God praise and glory. That's what we were created for. Yeah, we were created to give God praise and give Him glory. And so here we have, here we have a tremendous illustration of what we need to do for the future. It's holy ground. 
Joshua met, and a lot of the Bible scholars say that this individual was Jesus Christ. Because he bows down and he worships. Holy ground. This is holy ground. When he took off his shoes, it reminded him that he was second in command. Joshua got the, got the total declaration of being the leader. Because when God said, now's the time, Joshua listened. And that water backed up. And when that water backed up, it was a sign to all of those on the face of the earth that God mightily was empowering Joshua to declare the truth, to declare what God was about to do. And, and Joshua bows before the Lord. He, he recognizes that there's a command and that this is holy ground. A declaration that you're to reverence God. Amen. You see, Moses had a similar experience. God has a plan and a purpose on holy ground. God has a plan and a purpose. It's, it's miraculous miracles that take place. And his eyes look up to that individual that he sees. What message does the Lord have for his servant? It's not just, well, it's nice seeing you. No, it is an, a, a, sur, a surmounting power. There is a glory that comes down. Are you for us or are you for our enemies? Neither, he replies, but a commander of the army of the Lord I have come. And Joshua fell face down. There is reverence. There is awe. There is a declaration that this is something that I'm not familiar with. I've got to, got to bow down. I've got to give reverence. What message? With reverence. Not demanding, but what do you have to tell me? The commander of the Lord's armor replied, take off your sandals. For I'm about to talk to you. And this is holy ground. Can you imagine the glory and the power and the majesty and the strength that was involved in this relationship? Here is Joshua on his face, looking up. Just take off your sandals. Oh, okay. Because this is holy ground. This is a time where where you have been listening to me and you're going to hear from me and, and you're, you're getting ready to do my ministry in a greater form and fashion. And besides this, he said, all your young men, you know, you've had them circumcised, so they're ready to go to battle now because the covenant relationship has been renewed. The covenant relationship has been built and the covenant of God is there in a mighty way. And so we see the power of God being demonstrated the power of God being demonstrated to Joshua. And Joshua is experiencing the mighty glory of God, the anointing of God, so much that he's instructed to take his shoes off because this is holy ground. This isn't just ground. This is holy ground because God himself has showed up. Jesus has showed up Amen. to speak even before Jesus is born. You see, Jesus was was present at, at creation as, 
the Holy Spirit brewed upon the face of the waters. Jesus was a part of creation. Jesus is a part of the Old Testament. And, and we see this coming here. And it's so exciting for, for Joshua to have this experience because there is empowerment that comes when you get in the presence of God. I said there's an empowerment when you get into the presence of God. Not only is there empowerment, but there is peace. There is peace. And he is in the process of telling guys, we're going to war. You're going to go fight. But in the process of them being circumcised, there's a three-day period here where they're in the presence of God themselves. There's a time where there's a spiritual activity going on here. They're reflecting on the fact that God has made a covenant, and his covenant is, I'm going to bless your nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your children's children, children, children. As you walk in obedience to me, as you read the word, as you declare the word, as you speak the word, as you live in the word, as you let the word of God direct you and guide you, I will always do it for you. I, will, I want you to know there's holy ground. And God was telling Joshua, there's holy ground. You're on holy ground because I'm fixing to give you instruction and encouragement to do what God has called you to do. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? Door dash no more. We have wonderful fruits and vegetables that God has supplied for us. Father God, thank you for the manna that you gave those folks for 40 years. But Lord, those days are over. The past is over. A group of new warriors have been circumcised and, and the covenant of God has been renewed on their lives. They've taken time to worship God in the Passover and to remember the tremendous blessings that God has poured out, the tremendous blessings of the Holy Spirit. Father God, we have the privilege to live in America. And Lord, this nation is a nation of milk and honey. Oh, I know, Lord, we murmur and complain about government and different things, but at the truth is, Lord, you have blessed America. Yes. And Lord, as we study your word on a daily basis, we are blessed to be your children. And Lord, we pray against the evil activity that comes against America. And Lord, I ask that you would begin to put in the hearts of Christians across our land the ability to begin to plead the blood of Christ over their property, to plead the blood of Christ over their city, to plead the blood of Christ over their police department, pleading the blood of Christ over everyone and everything. God, that you would begin to receive glory from America once again. Lord Jesus, we thank you that there's no more DoorDash in the spiritual realm. That God, you have fresh food for us spiritually every day. You have given us the presence of God Almighty. You've given us the great anointing. And that anointing is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. God, forgive us where we've murmured and complained. And God, help us to realize that we need to get involved with you, get filled with the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues every day of our life to allow the anointing to burn the dross out of us, that we would live in pure harmony with you. God, thank you that you speak to people at different times in their life and they realize it's holy ground. 
God is speaking. Lord, and through our times of devotions through the week, Lord, we can take time to worship you in spirit and in truth and know that we're walking on holy ground because you have made it holy by your presence and your power. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives this day. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. The altars are open. I encourage you to come. Uh, Sandy.